fantastic. Yeah, welcome to From the Valley Podcast. This is your host, Tim Wilshire. It's a Friday afternoon. It's the 3rd of May, 2019. I've got Sam Purcell with me, who works for a very well-known accounting software company, Zero, and is, I guess, our our account manager up here in uh, North Brisbane. Welcome along. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. This is probably the first podcast I've done since... Um, since I've come back from Japan, actually, so first one back. Um, it's been a couple, two weeks, and over two weeks since I did one. So I've been up until then, I've been doing it quite regularly. So a bit about how this podcast works, Sam. So just a bit of background about yourself. Yep. I guess um, to start off with. So whereabouts were you born, anyway? Sure. So um, I was born in Emerald in Central Queensland, so a few kilometres away. Um, and actually, I did. Um, boarding school down in Brisbane, so it's sort of been half and half split between the two, and um, actually had my first accounting role in uh, Emerald as well, so uh, straight out of uni and back into M Vegas. So you were an accountant when you I, first started? I am, yeah, yeah, spot okay. on. Yeah. Uh, so you, all your sort of youth, uh, you spent in Emerald, or did you move around at all? No, uh, all in Emerald, yep, so boarding school from about grade nine, and then through to obviously and then did university down here as well at the um, University of Queensland in St Lucia so I um, was there for a few years and also um, yeah um, played the band down here for a little bit and uh, then went in and finished the accounting degree and, and um, then went back to Emerald for the first role so that's sort of the, the summarised version uh, through to the first I guess accounting uh, staying in the accounting world yeah, and what sort of sport did you get up to growing up? Uh, rugby league or something? Um, so rugby union. Uh, union, yep. to Marshvale's at Ashgrove, so pretty strong rugby union uh, history there. Um, yep. Obviously with my stature and build was a, was a halfback, so I did that fairly unsuccessfully for a number of years, but but it certainly enjoyed it. And um, besides that, in Emerald, big touch football community in Emerald along with the rugby league, but I was mostly on the touch side and um, did a touch of football there as well, so soccer. Uh, Australian terms so uh, that's probably the, the biggest sporting thing to bit of tennis as well so certainly like to keep active still but those uh, would probably be the, uh, the main ones I'd go with yeah definitely and uh, what did your mum and dad do growing up uh, so they're still there they're solicitors so they've got a uh, family business there that they've had um, they've started that they've had that for around just over 30 years now any particular part of law or is it just fairly general? Yeah, so um, they don't do family law, um, but they do uh, a lot of, um, so they do criminal um, and um, sort of uh, civil, uh, I, sh- I should say. Uh, Mum does a lot of estates um, and also agri, there's a lot of agri work out there. Um, and she does a lot of environmental law with that as well as conveyancing. So, so the both of them are solicitors? They are, yeah. Work. So they both work under the same roof uh, and still together, which is fantastic. Um, Sound like yeah. they've been married for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've, uh, they've managed to, to make it all work, so which is great. And um, I think sort of it's been a great introduction uh, as well for, for me seeing them operate in a small business. So seeing what they go through um, to make it all happen and um, the, the ups and downs, but also um, I guess what small business owners go through to, um, to, to bring a business together. Um, so, and again, with both mum and dad there too, seeing a, a couple do it as well. So the, the true mum and dad business. So, yeah. 
true mum and dad business? Any brothers or sisters? I do, yeah. Um, so I've got a brother and two sisters. So um, my brother, my sister actually just gave birth to a little boy, which was really nice. So that was just over the Easter break. And my um, brother and her are, are back in Emerald and my other sister lives down here. So uh, we're split between the two, but yeah, between Emerald and Brisbane and mum and dad now sort of do, um, actually pretty lucky with their firm now. They're at the point where they've got a lot of long-term clients and very good clients and they sort of have been able to also balance working remotely. So embracing a lot of that, that sort of technology that's out there to get a bit more lifestyle um, to like um, as the firm moves on a little bit into the new world. So that many people working for him as well? Um, so five, uh, so four staff. Yeah, oh, sorry, three staff. Pardon me. So yeah, yeah. And so um, yeah, that sort of uh, there. So now it's actually funny because I was talking with them with also with um, single coach payroll coming in and everything. So it's interesting getting their perspective on um, changes that are happening uh, within how that's affecting them as well. So they'll probably talk about that a bit later. But your parents use zero, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. What? No, no, no. I, uh, no, no, I uh, I don't fight that battle anymore. So Don't uh, tell me they use mine. No, no, they use um, a legal program called Locus. Um, so that's obviously for the, but what about their accounting software? They, that yeah, that's what they run their accounts okay. through. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's a desktop based. It's desktop a, based? Oh yeah, no, 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 they are. Uh, so it's very interesting because um, uh, so I talk around the, the cloud stuff a lot, but they're still very, I think, wanting to stay Yeah, yeah, wanting to stay with the desktop and not quite certain um, that the cloud is really for them. So I've had that conversation maybe once or twice, but I don't really push that too much, to be honest. I let them, they know their business and I'll let them stick with that. But yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because they're often, a, um, I, I, it's good for me to see because um, these are the same concerns that the people will be raising who, who have businesses who, um, and I was talking with um, uh, uh, another uh, friend the other day and they were saying how they've got um, the situation where the mother who, who does the accounts in the business um, actually has two computers. So she's got the computer that with the um, software on where she does all the accounting work and then she's got the other computer connected to the internet. So that the desktop software can't possibly talk to the internet and sort of just talk about how that's going to go with the change to uh, the digital world, which is interesting. That is very interesting mm -hmm. indeed. Um, how have you guys found that? With the yeah, I guess one of the things with um, our client base, very vast as you know, um, we've been able to transition a reasonable number across to the cloud base, but we're nowhere near, you know, we're nowhere near sort of, um, you know, nowhere near sort of three quarters of the client base yeah. um, that probably you know should be using cloud solutions so there's mm -hmm. at, least a, at least a third I reckon that is still there to to embrace it better to, to yeah. get on especially with the, the payroll changes um, some are still using a desktop NYOB yeah yeah not many but they are still there yeah um, but we've I think we've pushed zero pretty hard in this practice uh, as a solution for small yeah. business yeah and it, and any new client pretty much is set up on zero. Um, yeah. It is the way it sort of happens here. It's just, we've got the zero certified people. We've got, uh, it's, a, it's, it's just one of those ones that, because once you start doing something and it becomes comfortable, you just keep doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, not whether how long that goes for, I don't know, but 
that's what's comfortable at the moment is, is you, you sit here we're setting up our client fires on zero yeah um, for pretty much any types of small business um, there's a lot of businesses that do have a bit of complexities there but yeah you know, they are still using zero as well yeah so fantastic um, it certainly does happen we obviously talk a bit more about single touch power mm. and zero mm. and that sort of thing as well um, so I guess you're you did boarding school and all that sort of yep. stuff. Um, educationally, what did you sort of like to study at school and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, I was pretty lucky because naturally sort of went towards accounting and did did quite well. Grades were all pretty good and OP was, was, was went well. So, so. Did, you, did you go to university? Yeah, yeah. So I had a year off and worked before university, so I had the gap year and yep. then um, went in. So I was the, it's actually funny you mentioned that because I never thought about it, but I did the IT at the local high school in Emerald. So I had a year off and put some money away, but did the, the software there so sort of like I said all augurs a little bit for where I ended up at the moment but um so yeah did that for a year worked and then went to university and did um the actually originally started with law um commerce uh, because I just I wasn't I knew I wanted to do something in commerce but wasn't really sure what I'd do with the the jewel degree but um, once I started doing more, I, I wasn't really for me, and um, and then I changed to business management, and so did business management, and did the finance and, and other majors with that. So um, it was interesting. Did law, but yeah, it wasn't really my thing. And when I spoke with the folks about it, and they were sort of saying that it's something that you either enjoy or, or it's just not right, and um, I was probably in the latter. So I just stuck with the commerce and business management. Yeah, a similar sort of background to you at university, a major in accounting though, um, going through back when I used to work at, we live in Tasmania back mm. in those days, so yeah. um, it was year 2000 and I moved to Brisbane. Um, so how old, So what year did you move to Brisbane area? Was um, so well, with um, school I was here in like uh, 96 I think that was, so yeah. graduated in 2000, that'd be about right. Um, and then I went to uni here in 2002. Yeah. And so I will have been here pretty much since then, except for the two years that I, I worked in Emerald. So yeah. it's probably um, about half and half between the two split. Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah, excellent. Mm -hmm. So, um, and how do you sort of Brisbane life? Do uh, you enjoy obviously living in this part of the world? Is oh, this, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, what are the things that sort of I guess the characteristics of Brisbane that you enjoy the most out of all the things that are here? Yeah, I think coming from um, coming from the, the country, I like the fact that it's a city, but not um, not you know it's not gridlocked or it's not yeah, you can still get around pretty well. The weather's amazing, beaches are great, uh, people fantastic. Yeah, it's got a lot going for it. It's, it's it's always been pretty good and very lucky too in that sort of uh, everywhere that I've kind of worked around Brizzy, I've always had good people and it's always made it a lot easier. Never the, the temptation to sort of go elsewhere, I guess, mm. has so been. Sydney and Melbourne haven't tempted you at all, is what you're not, basically saying. Yeah, oh, well, not, not to, to put anyone off from Sydney or Melbourne, it's more just. Um, I just have always been very lucky in that everyone I've dealt with around Brisbane has always just been great to deal with, so I've never really kind of eyed uh, anywhere else within Australia sort of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's been, I've, I've been very lucky. And I see also with our work, a lot of people moving up to Queensland now and a lot of people sort of coming up here for things like the sort of points, I, I sort of things I mentioned, sort of coming for the weather, 
you know, ease getting around and they're saying that the lifestyle is certainly a great, I think it's a great asset that Brisbane has. Uh, yeah, that's that's my view. Yeah, what do you think? Is so, yeah, I mean, we have a part of Brisbane that the longer you sort of live here, the smaller it gets. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm finding that you, you, especially if you go to a networking event, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what sort of networking event, but you know, you, you go there and you see the same people, and yeah, and they all know somebody that you know, and it's, yeah. it's very small in that way. Yeah, um, it's become very small uh, here in, in and around Brisbane. Definitely. So it, it's. Um, yeah, definitely. So we've talk, talk about some of your roles leading up to your current role. So some yeah. of the jobs that you've had, sort of, as you sort of finished uni and yeah. uh, um, before zero was even thought of. Yeah, yeah. So um, as I said, I uh, did the the IT role before uni, and then also once I finished uni and came out, I pretty much finished uni. I got my results. Well, sorry, I finished my final exam on the the Thursday. I was in the car with dad back to Emerald on the Friday and I think I'd started my first role on the Tuesday, or met the firm on the Monday, started on the, the Tuesday. Accounting firm. Accounting yeah. firm in Emerald because yeah. um, this was uh, during sort of peak of the mining boom, very hard to get professional services, qualified people out um, in country uh, or regional Queensland, uh, particularly with the wages and everything else, but because I had the folks there that made it a bit more manageable. So. Um, I was a bit lucky and I didn't have the accommodation costs and was able to take up a grad role and really once I finished uni I just wanted to get, get cracking right away, didn't really want to hang around. So I was very lucky to just step straight in and um, so I was at that role for uh, about two years and then from there that was sort of, when I first started it was pretty funny because um, uh, I walked in and uh, I so it's just Triple H Partners, and it was very, like, that's a great firm to work with. And they, they were, um, uh, I was put in a, um, a corner office, and so I was thinking that this was what all accounting life must be like, going in, you know, straight into the new firm, straight, just got the degree, um, walked in, corner office, and I thought, yep, this is a little bit outright. And then um, sort of with that role, the reason why I had the corner office was because I was doing a lot of individual tax returns, people coming in, I would sort of, it was really more a meeting room, than, than an office, but, but I just thought that was pretty funny because uh, obviously anyone who's kind of worked in the industry knows you, it's not all corner offices and... Uh, no. 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 We, have, we have a great office here, but I guess uh, a, lot of, a lot of our little offices up, up that way, yeah. they sort of complain that they can't... Uh, <laughs> they don't have a window. You know, yeah. They've still got a window. What's it see though? The window sees the road and the cemetery. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, I was there for two years, that's pretty much because I was there for two years and then um, moved into down to Brisbane and worked at Bentley's. Um, okay, Bentley's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was there and that sort of open plan cubicle. So yeah. when I was there, they were there I certainly wasn't going to get a corner office. <laughs> like it was, it was a very different setup. So they were all gone, unfortunately. But um, no, I worked with Triple H for two years, did a lot of, um, like I say, I returners, a lot of... Um, Triple H's is up in... Triple H in Emerald, Emerald yep. yep. Uh, they've since expanded into Rockhampton as well. And um, so there I was doing uh, that work, also did a lot of sort of uh, contractors, small businesses, uh, a lot of tradies, a lot of um, guys doing sort of higher arrangements with the, the mines, a lot of agri-work as well, so primary production. Um, and the, the thing that I think, just from the zero perspective, that that was great there is 
seeing a lot of different software. There was a, like a lot of, sort of the guys using Phoenix, Mylob, uh, QuickBooks. Um, you know, there were a lot of different. Uh, I got exposed to a lot of different uh, ways of, of, doing, of doing accounting. Yeah. Basically, yeah. doing all keeping accounts. So, yeah. and well, also would have seen cash flow manager as well. Cash flow manager, yeah. uh, a lot of sort of banking stuff, and also just yeah. even just guy like just the old manual journal people just entering books. Yeah, yeah just entering written transactions in books, and uh, a lot of um, and also guys who um, like the tradies and, and just being busy. A lot of stuff in ice cream containers, and <laughs> that was the accounts for the year. So uh, no, it was a really it, it was a great. Um, a great first job. I um, it's sort of a lot of exposure. And, it uh, sounds like was, that uh, gave you a lot of experience to sort of set your set your sort of career in whatever trajectory it's sort of taken. Mm. And so, so did, was Bentley's the first job that you had in Brisbane? Or? Yeah, yeah. So um, I I was very lucky because um, I spoke with um, uh, the, the guys at Triple H and just said that I was looking to get back to the city. I enjoyed the city life. Um, and uh, they were really good, and actually put forward the introduction with Bentleys, which was which really really appreciate. And so I met um, with a partner from, from there, uh, Brendan, and then was lucky enough to go down and interview and, and start working um, down down in Brizzy. So uh, it was a it was a bit of a change, new way to to work, but um, still, yeah, very um, it was yeah great, really enjoyed it. So I had a good manager there, um, Andrew, who. who uh, was was um, really good at showing me, I guess, what a good like yeah, a good manager. So um, yeah, it was very lucky. Um, and really, what that sort of taught me again was really just shifting businesses to then a bigger scale again. From what I was sort of working with in Emerald, um, it was yeah, because I guess with mid tier, big, bigger sort of end of town, but still um, similar uh, way of operating and, and getting and processing. So. Um, that was good because it gave me another perspective again, which um, was really good. And, and that's sort of what I try to do a bit when I do look for something. I don't kind of try and do, if I'm going to make a change, it's not to do the same thing again. It's to do something from a different perspective and get a different uh, way of looking at things because I think that's really how you help keep as many um, strings in your bow as possible. Even though it can be challenging, it's, yeah, but it's still um, a good way to grow, I think. Uh, professionally, well, at least I hope. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bentley's. So then, what happened after Bentley's? Then, yeah. So when when did that sort of finish up? Yeah. So with Bentley's, I was there for around three years. I finished my um, CA when I was at Bentley, so I started that in Emerald. And so then, you, so your CA or were CA then? Yep. No, I'm, I'm still CA. Still CA. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Getting my CPD points up to date. So, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so definitely still CA. Um, and so uh, that that was great. Finished that while I was was working there. Um, but then once that had happened, I, I was sort of in the space where I was probably looking for a new challenge um, or something something different. Uh, so, pardon me. From there, I uh, I went and joined a, a startup firm or recently startup firm, um, and who were uh, working out of the valley and still there. After that, so that's our BMA, but then our yield. So I was. What's they called now? Yield. Yield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I worked there for around um, eight months before going to zero. So the reason why I went there was because that was a really good opportunity 
well, firstly, that they, I think one of the main reasons I got the role was because I had worked a lot with zero ad families. Uh, that was when I got my first exposure to it. Um, and Cook was sort of first introduced to cloud, accounting and cloud software. So what year was that when you first uh, went zero then? So that would have been around 2014, I would suggest. So coming up to about five years ago. Yeah, yeah, that would be about right, 2014. So um, that's when I first got my exposure and I was doing a lot of work in um, Zero and, and really enjoyed it and had done enough with it, <laughs> thankfully, that during the interview was able to obviously show the experience that I picked up there. And so, and also this role was a lot more in that advisory, uh, talking about advisory, which was something that, that really appealed to me. Um, uh, that was kind of where I was hoping to sort of go when I was in practice. A um, bit different now being on the software side, but certainly when I was in practice, that was something I was looking to hone in on. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, do you, do you miss it all being an accountant? Do you miss doing that at all? Um, I haven't. Uh, I, I am really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. There are times when I see things and I uh, would love to be putting them into practice now, but I, I just, at this stage, have not, um, am not ready to jump back in just yet. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still keep, sort of, I still keep so my... So you feet, you think? No, nah, well, I still keep my CPD points up yeah, while yeah, I work, yeah. but really hard to get the uh, CA, so I don't want that to uh, to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, at this stage, not ready to renew it just yet, or jump back in just no, yet. Of course. Yeah, no. yeah. So I, yeah, I like what I'm doing now because I can talk around systems and talk around what's happening and um, not be knocking out the charge walls. Like yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's, that's, um, that's a good, it's an interesting story that that's where you saw your background has come from being an accountant and now really sort of focusing on working with accountants yeah. um, to get them get the best uh, use out of the Zero software platform yeah. uh, so they can sort of help their clients going forward. So since you started up until now, you would have seen lots of accountants go from being like a bronze partner all the way up to yeah. gold and platinum. Correct, absolutely. Correct in saying absolutely. That? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and that's, it's great too because in a sense, like talking about background, it's been great in that it's set me up, I think, with a foundation where I can talk around how an accounting firm operates. And I've seen different ranges of firms, obviously, between, you know, as I say, dual age was sort of um, small to mid, but, you know, definitely a larger than the startup. And then also Bentley's, which is obviously your, your sort of mid tier. Mm -hmm. And having those perspectives, I still talk with larger firms again, you know, um, uh, but it's, um, it's having seen the different ways of operating, it's now more of a systems discussion, but I can put it in the context of I know, can sort of on the spectrum, understand where that firm's at and what sort of system's gonna work well for them and why. And, and being able to have that conversation with partners is really refreshing because, um, not, not that I'm like, when I talk with partners, it's their business, it's their baby, I'm not there to tell them how to, to do their business, that's for sure, it's more around, having had the experience seeing how other firms operate and what works well, being able to say, look, you don't want to fit a square peg in a round hole. This is why this will work nicely. And what are your thoughts on that? So it's a collaboration more than a, you know, this is what you must do, you know, um, which which is nice. And, and having that systems chat and that systems talk. 
So I guess, um, I mean, I've been, been obviously quite a few zero things over the course of time, but one thing I wanted to ask you, mm. I guess, and probably a few things I ask you, uh, which would which be uh, good to get some, some insight into, but um, the founder, the, you know, the legend, Rod Drury, yeah. um, have you had, what sort of involvement have you had with him over the, the last five years since you've been at Zero? Have you been able to sort of um, learn anything really closely directly with someone like Rod? Or um, what, I guess what's your interaction with someone like the founder and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I um, haven't had a, a whole heap to do with, with Rod personally uh, because um, Rod, so I've been at Zero now for just over, um, well, just nearly two and a half years. So, um, in my time, uh, I think when Rod was in Brisbane, actually we were meeting up with partners, but I was actually out of town that day, so uh, that's my bad, sorry. <laughs> but um, no, I haven't had a great deal to do with him, but obviously seeing someone like Rod, the thing that I really, um, and I'd probably just also made this point too, sort of mixed in with the, the chat around my background. When I made the change from um, Yield into Zero. Uh, I wouldn't have done that change for anyone else because um, I'd been there. I hadn't been there for twelve months yet, yeah. and and I'm not in the habit of changing jobs. You've got to, so you've got to plant some feet, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But it's just when the opportunity arose, I, I just seeing what cloud accounting was doing in the industry and seeing where what was happening. It was definitely something that I, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me, and. Um, I think going back to what you sort of asking around Rod, that's something that um, I I think whenever I hear, I always tune in to listen to Rod talk, even when he spoke at, at ZeroCon last year, because I've got a huge respect for what he's created with Zero um, and the concept, and also um, I really enjoy hearing his perspective on where the technology is going and what's going to be the game changes and what his opinions are on, on where the tech world is headed. Um, because I feel that with accounting software, it's for a number of years was quite, um, it sort of ticked over version, you know, 15 version, 16 version, 17 with minor updates here and there, but essentially the same sort of framework. And these days it's a, with the introduction of clouds and platform, zero as a platform, I think it's really changed. So you get completely different solutions depending on what your business is, what, what you're looking to um, to get out of your um, accounting software. But but essentially, it's it's moving beyond accounting software to where it's actually a business platform. Yeah, interesting. Now with um, Zero itself, so this is obviously Zero is a, it's an, obviously an online cloud accounting software program, and uh, it's 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 become incredibly popular over the last seven or eight years. Um, it's really surpassing all its competitors in, in its subscription numbers. Uh, easy system to use, and I guess the user interface is probably where it gets the most attraction because it's so, once you sort of go through the steps of doing something, it's very easy to remember how yeah. to do it, and it's very easy to say, well, I'm gonna keep doing this. I wanna repetitively you know, set up all my clients this way, da 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 yeah. da. So it's, it's become very popular for that regard, and it's, it's really sort of edged ahead as far as it, you know, the competition is always going to be in there with the MYOB, mm. but it's it's really held its own yeah. um, for quite some time now. It hasn't, it's not just an overnight uh, flash in the pan success. It's no. had many years now where it's sort of performing at a, at a sustainable level and uh, 
and getting better all the time when it comes to, to adding uh, numbers. Hmm. Um, so zero, that's exactly, um, so zero as a result, you've got all these things that sort of have happened. Um, back about 10 years ago, there was um, they, they started a thing called ZeroCon. Uh, ZeroCon was like a conference for all the tech heads and the... Yeah, I probably should have explained that earlier, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, about, yeah. about 10 years ago, I think it all started and didn't, wouldn't have had too many people turning up. It was like a, it was an afternoon seminar with maybe 20 people or something, uh, is what ZeroCon used to be. Uh, and we sort of rewind that now. Um, how, how many zero cons are there around the world every year? There's about so there's well US, UK, and then um, Australia. So there's about three or four, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So um, the one, the one that we've had sort of in in this part of the world in Australia. Yeah. Uh, we have people flying in from New Zealand. Yeah, and also yeah, Singapore as well. Singapore, so, the Asia yeah. market. Um, it's Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, usually competing for for the venues so brisbane have been able to get three out of the last four years yeah that's right what would you attribute what's what it is about that zero like about brisbane so much that they want to keep coming back to brisbane uh must be the weather like it's uh probably the good points i listed earlier it's um i certainly know that um with the three out of every four years i'm getting very nervous as uh, and looking after firms in Brisbane because um, three out of four is pretty unprecedented. So I am just worried when it'll be back after this year, but it's on again in September. Um, and I think really Brisbane's been a great spot as well to host because it's um, quite central to, as I say, the, the Asian market. Um, people, uh, partners flying in from NZ, uh, it's on the East Coast. We've got partners coming in from Sydney, Melbourne, also across from Perth. So it sort of um, is in that nice midpoint as well. So we've been very lucky. Um, I think also too, the ones in Brisbane, the one at the Zerocon Brisbane was my first one when I was in practice. So 2016, I think that would have been. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I was expecting more talk around tax legislation and there's been these changes to CGT and, you know, normally quite something quite dull, but it was uh, really, uh, if anyone, if, Anyone, any accountants or bookers haven't been before, I recommend checking it out. It's um, yeah, anything but. So more of a, a way to reset, think about what's going on in the industry. Um, great networking event, meeting other um, uh, like accountants, bookkeepers, um, and, and connect and software that's yeah. in this industry and what they're doing. So I remember um, one of the earlier episodes in the podcast last year was around the time when ZeroCon was on last year mm. in Brisbane. So I would have probably gone on about it a little bit in that particular um, episode. I remember talking about it and, and uh, how crazy it was that you had like you had the basketball court there, you had <laughs> yeah, yeah. mini golf, you had um, uh, all these blue balls that look like a pool. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just jump in there and yeah, and whatever. But uh, I'm glad, Mark. I'm glad our events team look after that because um, I struggle to keep coming up with ideas. So um, so it'd be amazing to see what they come up with uh, this year. That is mm. for sure. And I think CTBS have already bought five tickets to the event. So I think it has to be fairly strongly representative, yeah. more so than than usual. So certainly we're looking looking forward to that. It's already in the calendar, obviously. Um, try to get that 30 or 20, 30% discount if you if you sort of bought as an early bird. Um, expect to get another 3,000 people turning up, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to ZeroCon. Um, so the software itself, um, obviously the way that um, 
the way the software has sort of evolved and back in the early days there was a lot of things that were missing out of the software mm. and, and now you got to a point to say okay well in 2019 what's missing from the software now that should be in there mm. um, and there's probably a lot less on that list mm. very small list perhaps mm. what are the, some of the things that you think the software needs that's not in there at the moment oh that's a great question it is a great question. Yeah. I don't know if you probably, you probably don't have an answer, do you? No, it's a, you put me on the spot a little bit. Um, well, I'd make the point that, and this is maybe going to be a bit general, so I apologise, but okay. it has caught me a little bit off <laughs> the hole. But I think the great thing that um, Zero has done well is covered the like the horizontals, so the basics. Yep. So um, things like reporting in Zero, things like inventory, things like payroll, you know. It has these features where um, they're great if you're um, using it and you have that sort of base level requirement. They'll get you by and they'll do the job and they're a very solid offering. Where you, the idea behind it is where you need something more robust, um, then you would engage a, a third party or a connected app partner to be able to give you a bit more, well, I don't really want to say, but basically the, the flexibility and functionality that you need in your business. So. That's the explanation to say whatever, that's where my thinking is, anything that we would put in would be another addition to those horizontals. So where we fill out the suite to, to yeah. handle a basic so function. It's, it's a lot of stuff covered by apps. And exactly, so maybe right off the top of my head, we've um, Zero recently acquired HubDoc, which you yeah. will have seen, but um, that, that sort of functionality with the processing of, uh, and we do have the draft invoices to bills, but that um, that functionality is probably the next one that I see going in, but I'm interested to see what happens with that the, the hub doc as well. So that's probably the, the, the one that I think needs to go in in some form or another. We'll just see what how that pans out with hub doc. Yeah. Uh, so it's certainly some uh, obviously a lot of big apps apps that work with Zero, and you see them all the time. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of apps that clients use with Xero. I mean, mm. probably Receipt Bank is probably the most, one of the more common ones that we've mm. seen over the course of time. But mm. not to say there are a lot of other uh, apps that are out there that are, are getting used for you know for um, vend or yeah you know something for retail. So there are lots of different apps out there. Uh, do you find that where do you see the app sort of market going? Is it is there such an overload that it's trying to work out exactly what? Um, are the best apps to get and what are the best for cash flow forecasts for example is mm. even an accountant like myself gets a bit overwhelmed mm. um, by the sheer volume of different uh, cash flow forecasting yeah. add-on apps to zero yep. and we say okay well which is the best one I mean we try this one out it costs this amount of money we try this one out yeah. it costs this amount of money this one looks completely different to this one yeah What's going to look best? What's going to look best with zero? Yeah. Um, and they're all. I mean, I guess it's, it just becomes hard. And how, how does someone work that out as to what is the best app to use? Yeah. Well, I'm a bit lucky because um, we've got a team down in Melbourne who, who look after the um, the app partners within Australia. And so, if I have questions, I've got the specifics. I, I normally go to those guys for all the, the professional opinion. Um, for, from my opinion, I've used a lot of them in practice and with um, clients' businesses. What you're sort of getting is like just using cash flow as the example. Um, but I generally find with the connected app partners is that 
on if you look at it on the app simply, you could say, oh, this is a cash flow app. But not all cash flow apps are created equal. No, uh, some are going to have different things, yes. different um, uh, enhancements, different features. Spot on, spot on. So really, with um, uh, when I speak with firms or during firms I speak with, what they've done is um, generally they've got a, a list that they do a due diligence on to see which of the going to be, say, the 10 or, or the 8 to 10 sort of apps they recommend across different functions or different uh, like the horizontals I was mentioning um, and which apps are going to suit their firm uh, from the point of view of um, uh, longevity, uh, functionality, cost, um, you know, run a, uh, a look over their clients and see what's going to suit their client base best. And at the end of the day, um, it's going to be which app is going to be uh, most applicable for, for the industry and uh, niche that they deal in. Um, some uh, it becomes more difficult where you have things like uh, if you're looking at the apps more generally. But my suggestion is generally get your list of ten or twelve and keep an eye on those. Otherwise, engage say a third party who integrates these on a daily basis because it's a bit difficult unless you've got that sort of functionality in house. I think it's very hard to be able to, to present that as a service. Because um, let's face it, like, we're in the accounting industry, we're not in the tech, like, not gonna be um, integrating software, you know, unless we're lucky enough to have those skills hiding somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my suggestion is basically with those is, uh, even though you're looking for a cash flow app, definitely it's about um, understanding these different shades yeah. in the space and knowing which shade you want to go with. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, I guess, zero as a company. Um, you see, you, every time I sort of see you working there, you, you're a very smiley person. You've got always a happy look on your face. So you, to me, it must be you must be happy working for zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it must be a good company to work for. It seems like uh, there's a lot of synergy amongst the the, the staff members there. Mm. Um, there's a lot of respect along the line. I think I don't Absolutely. think there's, I'm sure there's something that happens behind the scenes that we don't see. <laughs> but um, the, the front that we that we get at road shows and at, at ZeroCon is usually a fairly good sort of um, team camaraderie. I guess. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, who, who are some of your biggest mentors? Not so much, but, but they could be for in within the Zero organisation. Yeah. Um, they could be your parents, they could be anybody, but who are the, I guess, have the biggest influences of where you are right now? Um, well, from where I am right now, biggest influences, it always has to be your manager in any role I've been in, anyone you report to directly and deal with on a daily basis. Okay. The biggest influences, probably, at, uh, at the moment, I, I would have to say um, Andrew Hurst, who I deal with, he looks after Queensland, and um, he's certainly um, been, been fantastic ever since, ever since day one at zero. But we're very lucky. Not, but you, you've, I'm really glad to hear you say that because we often hear internally that um, it's the people that actually um, promote the product and, and are the face of the product. So uh, that's certainly something that. that I think we've zero hires very well. I'm not just saying that because they gave me a job, but um, I do think we're, we're very lucky to have a, a great team. So it's, and that's not just in Brisbane, that's across the board. So um, that, that's, I'm glad to hear you say that because it's um, good recognition of that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, is there a lot of problem solving that you're doing for uh, accountants and, uh, and, and I guess, is there any, what sort of, what's a common query or common problem uh, that accountants are coming to you with that you're, I guess, solving at the end of the day? Yeah, so 
at the moment it's it's well the big one at the moment is, is single touch which we'll talk about in a little bit but more generally um yeah. definitely dealing with accounting firms it's it's helping them to like so going back to my point earlier it used to be sort of like I said, quite simple software would tick over version 13, 14, etc. Yep. These days, there's just so many, there's so much flexibility and so much choice. Yep. And that's a huge positive in the sense that you can get something just boutique and, and just for you and the right mm. fit. It also gives you a lot of choice, which can cause paralysis by analysis. So a lot of what I do in terms of the problem solving is helping um, guide firms through, as you were saying, from bronze to silver to gold, and also in helping them save the time in getting through these new tech waters where it's just changing so rapidly. Um, it really is my job to try and stay on top of everything and then help uh, bring uh, accounting firms and bookkeeping firms along with me, uh, or you know, help them on their journey. It's really a support service. I just try and help them get the best result um, and remove some of the noise because it can be quite tricky with all that those options um, so yeah really that that's the sort of the problem solving is more around um, uh, it, it's actually funny you say that because sometimes the questions that I get asked it's actually not um, yeah, what's the way to explain this so great example is inventory so they might be looking for an inventory add-on or, or some way to um, to improve or a, a piece of software that they can install and it's just going to fix all their problems unfortunately oftentimes what the question is really being asked is around processes how are we processing things internally what are we doing um, how are we measuring um, and what are our internal controls around um, the system so what I'm getting at is is that it's not simply a software question it's it's a bigger systems process question that Definitely just is. doesn't seem that way on the face of it. Do you find that with, with some of the like you do with work you do with businesses and with this particular tech space? Yeah, I guess um, it, it, definitely the skill you're sort of talking about with systems and, um, and obviously the advisory around that is a bit more, I guess, than what, what an accountant like us would provide for mm. most of our clients. It, it certainly does happen. It certainly we have the conversations about mm. the tech, about, okay, what should I be doing here? What should that, you know, here's, here's my suggestions, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, once a client sort of hook into zero, a lot of them, there's still a, a good bunch of that, that, that percentage of those 120, let's say there's 120 that, um, that we've got signed up mm. on zero. Mm. There's probably three quarters of those are just there to go through the motions of yep. using it as a as a, a record keeping uh, program to to do their pays to do um, their invoicing um, to reconcile their bank account. So yep. those things are you know the accounting compliance really of the business, uh, and they sort of have a, a, a you know they they want they've got their own sort of way of of, of I guess day to day stuff when it comes to their business and and looking at. At the future, but then there are obviously others that want to get something out e extra out of um, the software. Yeah. You know, that might be um, a workflow max type situation where they need to project manage. Yeah. Uh, it might be something like um, receipt bank where they need to make sure they they're cutting time down by yeah. by getting receipts or, or hub doc, um, or they might uh, you know there might be. More of a need to look at the cash flow, so they might, you know, might look at what the options are there. Is it Spotlight? Is it Futurely? Is yeah. it, is it um, Fathom or something else? So, 
it's, it's knowing what, what's going to work with each client and what's client's propensity to, to sort of get into into those particular areas and, and sort of work, you know, work with them. Um, an accounting firm like ours, we do tax planning at this time of year. Yep. Um, we've got a good system, a really great system at the moment that I've been using already for clients. Um, uh, and a lot of these clients are obviously on zero. Um, so there's little reports in there where you can just boom, nine months and then all of a sudden you have a 12 month projection. Yeah. So it's become, that's fairly new, that's fairly handy. Yeah. It's become, become makes it easier for the, from the, um, the point of view of being able to advise. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea, right? And that's, I think, was the exciting thing when I joined is that with all that data, that's what it should be allowing you to do is it's no longer a case of having to take it all out, export it, put it somewhere else, and also take time to actually get access to the data. Um, it should just be there, ready to go, and you can then put, like, pull that into another system or even just put a report over the top of it. So I think that's ideally what's making, hopefully making yeah. your life easier. Now, do you do you listen to any other podcasts yourself at all, do you? Uh, I don't listen, don't listen to many podcasts, no. I'm generally on the road with phone calls, so um, I um, I have seen others out there, but yeah, no, I haven't listened to many. Okay, one that I do listen to, which is a little bit of an inspiration for mm. this podcast to a degree, it's called um, From the Trenches. Have yeah, I've heard of that one, yeah, yeah. with uh, Paul Meisner. Paul Meisner. Um, David uh, Boyer from SQL yep. CFO. Have you ever met those two boys before? No, I met Paul before, yeah, but I don't think I met uh, David, sorry. Okay, well, I think I met David, but not Paul, but um, both, yeah, it's, inter- it's an entertaining podcast, very informative. Mm. Um, Paul Meisner in particular is a big preacher of zero. He's got a lot to do with some of the stuff at the, um, I guess at the strategic level to a degree with yep. what's, what's happening um, and zero sort of I guess value a contributor like uh, Paul Meister to be able to sort of take their, their journey as far as okay, well, Zero is doing this or it's not doing that or it's not mm. recognising this automatically. So he's, he's on their case if things aren't working. Yeah, I know he was speaking at ZeroCon as well, actually. Um, I don't know if it was last year, maybe the year before. Probably Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that yeah, no, he's been involved before. Absolutely. And I have seen his podcast, so I just haven't had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, it's entertaining and there's always some good topics um, and one of the most recent ones, which I must have fallen asleep before listening to all of them, <laughs> but um, conferences about, you know, what, what the go is of conferences, are there too many, mm. or, you know, so it's, it's quite interesting stuff. Absolutely. Single touch payroll, I'm going to mm. touch on this um, obviously before we finish. Um, it's the biggest thing at the moment, it's, it's been described mm. as the biggest change since GST came in. Yep biggest change so do you see that this as a I mean for us I think it's a fairly massive change yeah for sure we've had to know a list of our clients uh, but we sort of had to do a lot ourselves and say okay go through the list do they need single touch payroll or not yep Zero's got a good solution tell me about the yep. zero solution for the real micro that we'll yeah about. sure so we've actually just released a uh, one to four payroll uh, one to four employees payroll so the idea being is generally, um, if you've got, um, say, a business that used to be run on Excel, manual journal, or another piece of software that isn't able to connect to the ATO and transfer that payroll data, which is essentially single touch, that's what we're doing. So um, you can get this micro solution to be able to do your payroll for your employees. And it's actually also been, it's actually worked out better than expected for the um, end user because it's also got um, now bank feeds in there as well, and also um, a ledger component. So um, is, that, is, that, is that automatically in the same price, or is that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all. That's the base level one. So what's how much is that base? That's level? ten dollars uh, a month. Usually the cash book was about nineteen dollars a month. Yep. Yeah. And so before the end of the year, so by thirty June, we're also going to be you're also going to be able to attach that offering to the cash book. So is that there at the moment that attachment? No. So okay. the cash book, like being able to add that to the cash book, that will be um, by thirty June. Okay. Yeah. So it's um, all to try and obviously help businesses before first July when it becomes sort of mandatory, except for those exceptions. Um, but yeah, so we released that just recently, and um, so a lot of the conversations I'm having with firms at the moment is how do we transition and how to bring clients. Um, onto that that offering and we plan for, for the small businesses who maybe, like I say, have been using the desktop solution or have been having some other um, setup for the accounting records. Um, so how do we bring them across? Yeah, so I must say, we've tried the single touch payroll with zero. We've, mm -hmm. we've got our clients starting, you know, not every, not 100% of the client list obviously on there, pretty impossible at this stage to have it. Mm. Like that, mm. as you as you could probably imagine. Yeah, for sure. But um, zero probably probably fifty percent of the zero clients are now functional with single touch payroll. The ones that are on payroll. Yeah. Um, it might be more than that, but I'm saying at least fifty percent. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it's working well. So we what we're seeing there is we're seeing that we're pressing the button. It's submitting it's submitting the information to the tax office. Yeah. And then the next day we're getting on the tax agent portal and we can see that that information's there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, and without any errors. So, yeah. uh, and there wasn't a lot involved in actually doing it. It was like, okay, we click a button over here, we yeah. send, send yes a couple of times. Yeah. I think we might have had to ring up the tax office maybe once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. But a whole bunch of a dozen clients who we didn't even have to speak to the yeah. tax office and they were yeah. up and going. And, yeah. uh, and some of the other competitors, it seems a bit more messy to do. Uh, the single touch apparel, you've had to sort of say, okay, well, that's gross. Whereas yeah. I think the way Zero is designed, it seems to be automatic. It seems to know, okay, gross wages, gross wages, don't yeah. it's, it's very automated. I, I think we've been very lucky with our um, payroll team who've built that. And um, they're actually based out of Canberra, so local guys. And they've really done a good job because um, the thing I, and, and I've actually been doing presentations at, at firms around um, the, the single touch payroll within Zero because I think there is a, there has been a big concern around this change, as you say, uh, being touted as you know bigger than, than GST, which I, yeah, I think that's probably pretty close. But uh, I wasn't here for GST, so I'm just take people's word for it. But um, the I, I think there's been a lot of concern around how businesses are going to do it, and and what I've been trying to show is demonstrate how it locks together, because really what they've been managed to do is once you do that initial opt-in. The process is essentially what it's always been. The pay, doing payroll in zero hasn't changed. That's right. The only thing that's changed is that there's click now a click at the button at the end to lodge it. So I, I, I just have to tip my hat to those guys in the way they've rolled that out because, and that's why I've been trying to show it because to try and remove this um, sense that the, the sky is falling because really it's it's as it's always been, but for a, a couple of clicks at the end. Yeah. yeah, and and certainly the thing is, it's all about simplicity and it's all about making like sure that. It, that all looks fine. Absolutely. So now that, uh, what other sort of, do you have any other hobbies yourself um, these days, uh, that sort of thing yeah. uh, that you do outside of, you know, working 60 hours a week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, well, unfortunately, I'm a tragic Liverpool supporter, so I generally, and uh, futsal, I play a bit of futsal, so still trying is to that indoor, Is that indoor? indoor soccer, yeah. Indoor soccer, okay. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I uh, don't know how I'd go with the outdoor anymore, but I, I still do the indoor. But the um, yeah, unfortunately, tragic Liverpool supporter, and I still um, play the guitar. Are they on top of the ladder or not? No, they uh, they're in a duel at the moment with me and City for top oh. and City are back again. Yeah, and they got thrashed during the week. So Why it's, who? Uh, Barcelona. So in the Champions oh, that's League, in Europe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's been hard times at the moment, but um, I'm still keep going sure back. Unfortunately, yeah. Well. <laughs> Unfortunately, so Liverpool supporter from a young age, or ah uh, yeah, so I oh, well, probably since I was about like twenty two, yeah, I had a, a friend who was really into football, and Harry Kuehl was um, oh, Harry, yeah. yeah, I think Harry Liverpool that was whatever the year that was, that was probably the the year that I got onto them. Did you ever go to the UK to watch a game? No, it's on my bucket list to go to Anfield. So, have you been? No, no, no I haven't. So it's not. It's yeah. I just thought I'd ask the question. Did you see yeah. you, if you how you know what's if you've done that? No, what? not yet. It's on the uh, the bucket list. So I. I so I, I guess what, what parts of the world have you travelled to? You said you yeah. been to the states or uh, so Japan, Canada, yeah. um, Hong Kong, and yeah. New Zealand. Um, and so going to Singapore in August for a couple of days, a couple of days break in August. And yeah, sort of trying to tick off a, a country every year. So I've been sort of going between Asia and then after Singapore, I'll, I'll try and check out Europe. A um, bit of a history buff as well. So I enjoy everything. I think I'll enjoy Europe and I'll obviously fit the soccer in there as well. Heaps of, I mean, there's too many places to visit in Europe in one trip. I think, yeah, um, I think I've had three trips and still only half, still half of it. Still haven't been in the UK. Okay, any so, recommendations in Europe? Um, Germany's good. I've had Germany. Germany, uh, Switzerland's expensive, maybe. Mm. Scandinavia's lovely, beautiful, but at the end of the day, it's more expensive than here. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, and uh, so Germany, uh, I did you know, enjoy Amsterdam. It's certainly worth a visit. Yeah. Uh, Belgium was good too with the beer. If you like that sort of beer, that could work. Um, yeah, in Japan, I just went to Tokyo. That was there for five yeah. days. Just, I didn't go anywhere, but the city really just wanted to... Yeah. I did about 80 k's of walking in five days. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, no, Japan's fantastic. I am uh, a big snowboarder as well. So anywhere where there's, there's snow, generally try and check that out. Yeah. So that'll probably be in the States. Yeah. So I guess the future of Zero, the, mm. we might finish on this. Yeah, um, sure. The future of Zero, how do you see things sort of happening in the future? How's, how's a company like Zero going to be able to uh, survive for another 10 years um, with competition or whatever might be out there to yeah to, to bring it down? It's it's certainly always tough to sort of stay at the, stay at the top. Mm, mm. I think, um, well, this is, this is my opinion where yeah. I see it going, yeah. 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 So, um, I what I see happening are really around, I think the, and you're sort of seeing it, I think it was really in, in the DNA of when Zero was first made with bank feeds being set up and where it's all heading is really building more of those connections. So this is the, the difference between, I guess, a desktop and a cloud-based piece of software is that with all this information being online or in the cloud, being able to connect the, up to these data sources, I see um, that becoming the platform becoming more and more like wider uh, in terms of connections. So being able to pull in more and more data to help small business um, and remove manual, as much manual processing as possible to allow um, the real-time vision to, to what's happening across different areas of the business. So um, you're already seeing it now where we've opened up Zero Connect to things like Caltex, things like uh, Reese, and then we've also um, now the business. business. Yeah. Yep, spot on. And so you, I, I think that's just gonna go 
go even further and um, really um, what's what they, where that's going to go is then with that data is then being able to automatically code that data once it's in the zero file and also then the real value though that's just the manual stuff the real value is then with that information then being taken to be able to provide analysis on what's happening with the business um, where things are heading, what, what's, uh, I guess, notifications and, and alerts as to a um, uh, problem area or areas that need attention and also potential opportunities. Um, and I think that really it's going to, you're going to see more and more of the, the system doing the legwork for you and also, as I say, then taking that proactive approach to telling you potential um, areas of the business to, to watch out or to, that, that could be relevant. Excellent. Okay, mm -hmm. mate. Thank you very much for your time on a Friday afternoon. No, it's been, been, been good to catch up, that's yeah. for sure. And probably haven't seen you for a little, little while, so it's, it's always good yeah. to, to um, apart from probably a zero ratio, I don't know if I've probably seen you since, but uh, um, if there's any any of my staff around that want to ask you a question, I'm sure I'll, I'll let them know that's before right. you go that uh, if they want to bug you about any, <laughs> any questions, I'll send you a be very surprised if you get too many questions. On a Friday afternoon for a long weekend. Probably yeah. not. No, <laughs> thank you very much there, mate. Thank no, you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much, Harry. Appreciate it. Okay, see ya. Cheers. That was good. Hopefully, I'll get that, get that up and we'll see how the, how the recording has gone as well. No, that was really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's a good series. I'll, uh, I'll check in. Yeah, so I've got I've had a few good, just mainly people in Brisbane yep. on the podcast. So. Um, stop over here.